Welcome to War Dogs, the military medicine podcast. This show brings you a firsthand, behind-the-scenes look into the mission, unique opportunities, and deployed experiences of the entire military healthcare team. From state-of-the-art hospitals in the United States to the most austere environments across the globe, War Docs has you covered. War Docs partnered with the Defense Strategies Institute and had the opportunity to interview several key and influential leaders at the 2023 Operational Medicine Symposium. We discussed the current operational environment and what military medicine is currently doing to improve warfighter health, strength, and survivability, and what needs to happen to prepare for the future. In this episode, you'll learn about the latest innovations and opportunities to advance the practice of medicine in expeditionary environments. I'm Colonel Retired Doug Soderdahl. I'm a former Army urologist, and today I'm joined with Brigadier General Retired Richard Ursone, good friend of mine for a long period of time, a mentor. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, Doug, thanks for the opportunity to share the interview with you and to let you know that this is a great opportunity for me. I spent 33 years in the Army, and probably the better part of my career as a young officer was as a medical logistician and then gravitated towards other positions of authority and leadership, finished up with the opportunity to command the Europe Regional Medical Command. But in between that, a number of medical logistics assignments. So with that experience in medical logistics over a period of time, how have you seen medical logistics evolve from when you first started to today? Oh my gosh, stubby pencil, right, paper. The orientation was all writing everything down. Our books were all manual. And of course, we gravitated over time to electronic records. And then looking at how do we master these electronic records to allow them to give us greater information, more predictability on what the needs of the units that we were supporting across our sphere of influence. So what do you see as the challenges today as medical logistics, the pace of technology is so quick, how does the military, which generally has been seen a little bit as bureaucratic, how does it keep up and keep current? It's really a challenge for us to ensure that, first of all, our automated systems are keeping up with the latest and greatest technology that's available in the supply chain world. The second thing is to make sure that our officers are also being well-trained and attuned to what's available on the outside. And then probably the third challenge is what happens if we're in an environment where we can no longer rely or we have instances where that connectivity and the availability of technology is no longer available. And so how do we adjust during conditions where the enemy may destroy or limit our ability to use technology to our advantage. So our officers have to be very resilient and adaptive, and they also have to train for those environments where they may go dark for a period of time. So you've had a career as a medical service corps officer. What would you say are the competencies required for a medical service corps officer to succeed and what do they bring to operational medicine? If you look at the Medical Service Corps, we have an admin side and then we have the allied science side and it covers the gamut of skill sets and competencies that are required for us to develop 
the opportunity for other officers to follow us. We probably would want to see our officers, first of all, being individuals who are willing to learn because it's a lifetime of learning. And so they have to use their on-the-job experience, the officer professional development programs that are available, military schools, do a lot of their own reading and getting to conferences like this where they learn about what is happening across the world of the military health system. They have to be adaptive. They have to be agile. They have to be quick thinkers because very often they're not going to have someone, a senior officer, who's going to be able to provide them with the direction that they may be looking for. And as I mentioned, in a wartime environment where comms are down, you've got mission command. You're a more senior individual. You've got to be ready to execute your mission on your own until such time that you have connectivity again with maybe your higher headquarters or those units that are operating on the right and the left of you. So it also means you better have an understanding of how the Army operates and certainly the sustainers because we work very closely with our sustainment community, especially in the medical logistics area. But then also having a feel for the environment where we're working with Navy and Air Force as well, the joint environment. We're all going to be in that environment at some point in our careers. And so it's a team process, working together, having agile, adaptive, quick learners that I think we're going to need in the future. But it's something that really we've always needed, right? We were stubby pencil and then we went to computers. And then from computers, we went to AI, where we're taking intelligence from the large databases of information that we have and turning that into actionable information for ourselves and for our customers that we support. So you've been out of active duty for a while, and yet you came to this operational medicine symposium. What brought you here and have you learned anything or something that kind of sparked your interest since you've been here? One of the biggest issues that I'm interested in is the large-scale combat operations, because as an executive mentor for the Army Medical Department, very often I'm asked to speak in, to different groups. It could be the officer basic course, captain's career course, or it could be 1st Medical Brigade out at Fort Hood. They're having a commander's leadership conference, and I'm invited to speak. And large-scale combat operations, multi-domain operations, these are the things that are on their minds. And so this gives me the opportunity to hear firsthand how people in senior levels across the military health system and across the military are thinking about how the military medical forces will support a large-scale combat operations. We will face challenges like we have never seen before. We haven't had to worry so much about drones flying overhead, having hypersonic weapons and cruise missiles attacking us very deep to our rear. The battle will be in a non-contiguous environment, non-linear environment. It presents an enormous number of challenges. And the OpMed conference is one where that's all being discussed. And the early lessons learned out of the Ukraine are going to direct us, not 100%, but certainly are giving us a pretty good view of how to adapt and the kind of environment that we're going to face against a peer competitor. What would you say is the number one thing that keeps you up at night thinking about military medicine and it's going into the future for large-scale combat operations? When I read the 
reports coming out of the Ukraine and the massive numbers of injuries that they're facing, uh, polytraumatic injuries, where you're seeing individuals that not only have internal organs being affected by shrapnel, but multiple fractures, a hemorrhage, and some of the weapons that the Russians have used, white phosphorus rounds that are creating these horrific burns. The ability for us to manage this large volume of casualties that we're going to see, when I think about that, that keeps me up at night wondering, how are we going to do that in an environment where we may not be able to evacuate them? So we're going to have patients in prolonged care environment, and they're going to have massive wounds that they've been through surgery with, but now we are in the process of continuing to take care of them until such time that they can be evacuated. And so the longer their wounds are exposed to nasty elements, post-op infections, and then the rehabilitation piece after that, that keeps me awake at night, knowing that we're going to be faced with challenges that we haven't faced on our battlefield. Right. It's been a while since we've seen casualty rates that large. Probably was World War II where we were seeing some battles were losing 450 or seeing 450 casualties a day. And even back in the Civil War, we saw that. But the recent conflicts, you're right, we aren't used to that. And that is an unknown to see how people are going to react to that. Yeah. So let's say you had a company grade officer, second lieutenant, captain, come up to you and say, hey, sir, I'm going into my first leadership job what advice would you give me in my first job? My first would be listen. You go into an environment and listen three and four times as much as you speak. Get to know the individuals in your organization, what their skills and talents are. Talk to them about how you see them developing as leaders in the organization because you're gonna be responsible for building the bench so it's really important that you get to know the skills, talents, and abilities of the individuals in the organization, providing them with the motivation and the inspiration towards the mission set that your particular unit has, and then be willing to train them and to give them tough training, not training to hours, but training to standards and rallying them by your energy, your presence, your positive nature and outlook, and setting the example for them you build trust within the organization when you demonstrate how much you care about them and their families and their particular interests, because they want a pathway to success just like you do yourself. Well, we've been talking to retired Brigadier General Richard Ursone. And Rich, thank you so much for your time and thank you for your insights. And more importantly, thank you for your service. Yeah, Doug, thank you for your service. It was a real pleasure. Thank you for listening to War Docs. We sure hope you enjoyed it. War Docs is a nonprofit organization supported by donations from listeners like you. Please follow and subscribe to our show on whatever platform you consume your podcasts and rate and review this episode and share the show with your contacts on social media. Find out more information about our show, our guests, and how to become a member of Team War Docs on wardocspodcast.com. Thank you for your support. If you like war stories and medical drama, War Docs has you covered. Spread the word.